Hello everyone and welcome back to The Wounded Healer, where we try to make the human experience more enjoyable. I'm your host Keith, and today we're going to talk about what our brains are doing when we meet someone, you know, why you kind of get those feelings or those certain feelings about people. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about evolution, psychology, and of course the brain. And hell, by the end of this thing, we might just be able to answer that age-old question, why we, why are we attracted to our third cousins? <laughs> No, seriously, with the holidays coming up, uh, we're going to be meeting a lot of new people, some old folks, uh, and you're going to get certain feelings about these people, and they're going to get certain feelings about you. So I wasn't going to do anything right before the holiday because I've been busy, but I figured I want to get this out there. It's kind of like a public service announcement, maybe help you feel a little bit more comfortable uh, when you're meeting those new in-laws or you know those weird family members that you don't see often uh so why do we get those feelings or why do people get certain feelings about us well first let's talk about the the areas of the brain that uh play a big part in this um and one is the brain stem and the brain stem is an area that i've talked about a few times already uh it is a crucial part in our everyday life uh all the Everything from your autonomic uh, systems, breathing, digestion, heart rate, things like that, body temperature, uh, emotions, reactions. So, you know, it, it plays a big part in everything we do. and um, also communicates with that limbic system. It's something we've talked about before. Um, and again, that limbic system plays a big part in our interactions with the world. Uh, pain that uh, is going to be contributing to these interactions with these folks that we're going to be meeting over the holidays <clears throat> is the posterior superior temporal sulcus. Uh, that was a lot. It was a mouthful. Basically, it is a deep line that runs right down the middle of the temporal lobe. Um, and sulcus is the creases in the brain folds. Uh, so if you were to look at a brain, it has all like the, the folds in it and the little creases, that's the, the sulcus. Uh, now that area is deeper on the right side than it is the left side. So I imagine the right side of the, the right hemisphere, you would call it, would play more of a role in this. Uh, and that area, um, is responsible for some of that social processing ranging from language perception to actually stimulating the mental processes of others so it helps you read what the other person is doing and you can use your facial expressions to stimulate that area in their brain uh, it's a neat area uh, through some of these uh, neuroimaging and things like that they've actually uh, seen some activity there when you are reading sign language um, and spoken language activates it so again playing a big part in those social interactions and there is actually a condition um, which is rare that none of us listen to this probably have but just because we're talking about that uh, superior 
temporal sulcus area, the STS, there is a condition called prosopagnosia. Prosopagnosia. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, it's actually a condition <clears throat> where you cannot recognize facial expressions. Uh, it is rare, but it is a condition, so it is out there. Someone has had this. We have research and information and data on this. So hopefully you or no one you meet this weekend or over the next couple holidays have that. Uh, so what is happening within seconds of you meeting those new in-laws or those family members you haven't seen in years? So what's happening in your brain and what's happening in their brain? Well, within seconds of meeting somebody, and this is anybody, and it, it doesn't have to be at a holiday uh, gathering. This can be, you know, out at the uh, at a bar, uh, meeting people for the first time, you know, parent-teacher night, uh, sporting events, anything. Anytime you come, you know, face-to-face -face with someone, this is happening. Uh, your brain's going to put them in one of four categories. Now, this all is depending on the signals that you are transmitting. And we'll get into those signals in a second. But those categories are, and you have to, you know, just bear with me and, and believe a little bit in evolutionary psychology, because that is a big part of what this is based off of and what information we have for the past couple hundred million years and how we've evolved. So again, have a little bit of belief in this and evolution and what we're doing and how we do things. So those categories are friend. You now, is this person a friend? Uh, does this person have something to offer? Uh, can this person contribute to our group, our tribe, right? Again, we're talking about evolution. We're talking about a couple hundred thousand years ago, a couple hundred million years ago when it all first started <clears throat> and we started living in these little, you know, couple tribe member tribes and then as we we grew these things became more and more pertinent to our existence and our survival so friend or predator is this person a threat um so now with if you if they're giving off friend signals you know you are more likely to approach them why they're friendly it's okay, it's safe. <clears throat> if they're giving off predator signals or transmitting some type of predator signal, you're going to activate that fight or flight, right? That So that flight, you're going to actually retreat. You're going to find yourself retreating. And, you know, we'll get into what that looks like. Um, the other categories are potential sexual partner. Now, you know, Again, we're talking about survival, prolonging our existence, growing our tribes, right? So your brain putting this person in a potential sexual partner category. Your brain's looking for evidence to prove that this person is similar to you. They looked healthy. They're, I mean, their their hair looks shiny, which means they have a 
you know, nice, healthy diet of omega-3s. So they're eating good. They have good DNA. You want to have a child with this person. That child's going to be a healthy child. Now, I'm not talking about going out there and just having children over the holidays. I would not recommend that. I'm just telling you what our brains are doing based off of, you know, a couple hundred million years of evolution and data. And the other one is indifferent. Um, now, thankfully, our default is indifferent. Because <clears throat> you can only imagine if our default was any of the other three, it just would be one hell of a place to live, right? <clears throat> and, you know, there are eight billion, there's nearly eight billion people in this world. And each of us is set to indifferent. Now, <clears throat> what does that mean? Uh, it means that if within seconds of meeting this person, if you're not transmitting friendly signals, and that, that's, you know, open gestures, that's your hands where they're visible, you, people want to see your hands, but, you know, them seeing your hands means that you don't have anything in there, no weapons, right? No sticks, stones, bow and arrows, whatever, you know, you can't do anything here on my hands, I'm, I'm friendly, open gestures, you're showing your torso, why? It's a vital area. Your hands are kind of up above your waist. Uh, there's a great TED Talk out there by Mark Bowden, who is a expert in nonverbals, body language, and uh, evolution psychology. And I'll put his information in here. Watch this guy. It's amazing. But he talks about the truth plane, which your hands are up. They're open. Um, and you're smiling, right? And you want to have a real smile, not a half smile. You want to smile. You want those lips to kind of curve up. You want those eyes to squint a little bit. A true Duchesne smile. Because again, remember those parts of your brain are recognizing these things. Your face, your brain will recognize a person's face if they only do a half smile. If they do a fake smile, it's going to register in there. Something's off. I don't like this. So remember, open gestures, hands are visible, we're smiling, throwing an eyebrow lift, and boom, you're right in there. You now have been what we would, well, we'll call it the friend zone. <laughs> um, you're no they're no longer indifferent about you. You're now a friend. Now they can approach. Um, if you go in there with your, your hands in your pockets, your shoulders slumped, your head down, and, you know, you kind of just do a, a half smile showing teeth. Well, our brains are going to register that as a predator because, well, if you think of a, a dog when you try to take their food, an animal showing their teeth, sign of aggression. You know, it's they're trying to intimidate you. It's, our brain reads that as predator. So that's automatically going to signal retreat response. Um, and they're going to start, you, you'll see that, you know, they're no longer approaching. It's a retreat. There's going to be barriers. You will see a difference in their body language and in their behaviors. <clears throat> um, so yeah, you know, is, and again, this goes for any interaction. Um, but 
Right now we're just talking about holidays because they're right around the corner. So the reason why you want to be aware of this uh, is because, again, we want to make that human experience more enjoyable, right? You're going to be there. You're meeting these folks. You might as well make them comfortable so you can be comfortable. And at the end of the day, there's always something that can be learned from somebody else. And at the end of the day, it's always nice to have that connection, right? Remember, we talked about this before. Even the smallest amount of connection is worth it. So by you going in there, doing those friendly gestures, putting out those friendly signals, it eases their mind and it, it opens them up to to approach to to be more comfortable in the conversation now i get it you know you can tell me and you're gonna say i just want to be me but that's not who i am but at the end of the day we have this social contract and that social contract is there for a reason um sometimes you have to be this way sometimes you have to do these things in order to make things work to make things move along to make things more enjoyable um and it's okay. It's okay not to be you when you're meeting somebody new sometimes. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you walk in there as the grumpy person that doesn't want to be there and who is just giving everyone, you know, the the mean face and the you know, you're just ugly mugging everybody, they're not gonna want you back. And the person that probably brought you probably isn't gonna bring you again. So think about that. Um, go in, be friendly, listen and learn and just enjoy it. Uh, so what happens if you are talking to somebody and you're not so much giving off those predator, you know, you're not transmitting predator signals, but you're kind of just there. Um, and that person sees you as indifferent and here you are now trying to have a conversation. Well, because you have not activated a friend response out of this person, that approachable response, or hell, a potential sexual partner, that would you if you have not made them somewhat interested in you, they have made you, they're indifferent to you. And now that they're indifferent to you, while you're trying to talk to them and connect, they're thinking about, potential friends, enemies, or sexual partners. <laughs> so, you know, if if you want to have a good connection with somebody, just be open, just be friendly, just smile, real smile, be genuine, you know. Uh, and yeah, you know, because we're born with that genetic ability to read body language and nonverbals. We actually do not pass down spoken language. Um, but we do pass down the ability to read facial expressions. So a smile and an eyebrow lift and maybe a head tilt will go a long way to opening up those doors to a pretty cool, meaningful conversation with somebody new or old. And if you don't believe me, you know, just go find a random baby and give them an eyebrow lift and they're going to smile, you know, or look at all of the information out there and and data like a baby smiles when it sees its mom how does it know how to do that that's because it's genetically coded 
within them and us to do that. Uh, and, you know, those couple skills, you know, will move you up in that category of higher social skills and people with higher social skills will actually benefit more in life, which means you could benefit more during those interactions with your holiday gatherings. Um, it is essential for life uh, and, and results. Uh, now, if you if you want to get more into that genetic ability to read body language or facial expressions, Paul Ekman, uh, and I'll put his information in there as well. He actually studied uh, facial expressions of tribes in Papua New Guinea in the like 1950s, uh, and these folks had never seen anything outside of their own tribe members. And he was down there and realized that they had the same facial expressions we did for fear, happy, sad, contempt, anger, disgust, and surprise. Um, and there's a ton of information in books uh, out there. And Paul Ekman has written many books on that. Uh, so it's pretty neat. Um, so again, so what are we going to do? One, we're going to be excited about going to these gatherings, right? I mean, we should be, if not, we should be excited for the person that wants us to be there. Um, we're going to meet folks with open gestures. We're going to smile, may even eyebrow lift. We may even tilt our head. <laughs> and, you know, once you've met or been introduced, uh, to whoever, you know, try to build a little rapport, um, ask some open-ended questions and practice active listening, show genuine interest, uh, it's, that will go a long way. And while this person is talking, acknowledge them a little bit, give a nod for confirmation that you're paying attention. Uh, give a, yeah, or a, uh-huh, or is that right? Or you don't say, um, yeah, anything just to, to acknowledge a little bit. Guys are horrible at this. Uh, women are, are a little bit better, but man, you know, you can talk to guys all day long, man, and they won't even acknowledge anything. You'll, you'll get no confirmation most of the time. So just a little head nod or a, uh-huh, yeah, something will go a long way. Uh, and hell, when you ask them a question, just be quiet and let them answer. Um, and just let them talk. You know, Dale Carnegie was a was one of the ones in his win friends and in, influence people. He there's a lot of examples in his books where he would go to these uh, parties where he was just outclassed, and he would go there to meet these people and, and get knowledge. And literally, he would go and find somebody there and let them talk a majority of the night, and that person would end up befriending him. And giving him all this information and open up doors because he just listened. And they were they thought he was the greatest person in the world. They were like, he was the, the coolest, nicest guy ever. Because he allowed them to talk about themselves and he just listened. You know, a, a tip. People love to talk about themselves. If you get someone talking about themselves, 
They can go on and on and on and on. And all you have to do is listen and you will gather all the information you need. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I promise you, you follow those couple little tips there uh, and you approach it with a, a halfway decent attitude and you're going to get a lot out of these out of this um and you're going to have fun um people are going to want to be around you and you may be invited back next time right um so yeah that's what i got like i said this one's kind of short it was more of like a public service announcement to kind of help you understand what's going to happen when you're meeting these folks over the holidays or really anywhere when you're meeting people anywhere uh what your brain's doing, what you should do, and hopefully now you understand why you're attracted to your third cousin because probably when you first were introduced or met them within seconds, your brain put them in the potential sexual partner category and you have not been able to stop thinking about them and you can't figure out why because, again, I almost forgot this. Any one of those categories that your brain places that person in or they place you in, their brain actually starts searching for reasons to back that up because your brain wants to be right. So with that said, again, your third cousin, you put him or her in that sexual partner category. Your brain just keeps finding reasons to make that true uh, so good luck with the holidays happy thanksgiving to everybody hopefully everything's delicious and we'll see you on the next one